Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. What's happening? We're very uh, uh, dominating with our uh, gear. It's kind of ironic that you got that hat on. You want to hear have, a funny story about that hat he's wearing? What? All right. The Miami Heat won both of their championships on my birthday, June 20 of 2013 and June 20 of 2020. They're up here. So his hat matches your arm. Yeah. That's kind of fly. Kind of the, their first two titles, they won them on my birthday. Wow. Isn't that funny? Okay. I didn't know so, you were a Heat fan too, bro. Yeah, man. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were a Heat fan. Heat fan, Hurricane fan, and a Falcon Tampa. fan. Falcon fan. Tampa, though. You're born and raised in Tampa. West Palm Beach. West Palm. Went to college in Tampa. Huh. My dad lives in Tampa. West Palm. Shout out to West Palm Beach. Yeah. A lot of talent comes out of Florida out of West Palm Beach. Yes. A lot of records are broken out of yes. West Palm Beach. Shout out to the Sniper Gang and all them guys out there. One time for uh, a lot of the artists, like uh, they used to always come down. Like Boo, Lil Boozy used to come down to my hometown, West Palm Beach. He used to come to West Palm Beach all the time. Lil Boozy, Jeezy. Um, they just, uh, Webby, back in the day, Lil Flip. I used to go to all those concerts. Yeah, West Palm yeah. is one of those. Uh, it's a great market. I know. I don't know why they came, but Because it's a great it. market. Well, we did a, I was People thinking about this today on the way in, right? Last week. Super famous. We had dropped a, when we did a live, we were talking about marketing tours, how to put together a marketing tour. So we kind of gave people, opened the forum and allowed people to pick what markets they wanted to go to so we could try right. to show them how to do one. And when you really break it down, there's only like maybe five states in the entire country that have more than one viable city that you have to go to. Yeah. That's a great point. And not only does Florida it have one to of those be states. a viable city, but it also has to be fans that will pay $10 to see somebody who's not Drake or Jay-Z. 50 or 100, boss. You know what I mean? Texas? Been $10 in 100 Is years. Texas one of them? Texas, could, because Texas has Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. San Antonio. Okay, Texarkana maybe because of the crossing lines. And, and California. Actually, California is definitely one because California has Oakland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Florida. Right. Not Georgia. <clears throat> People pay $50 to see an unknown Georgia, artist? Really? Georgia, yes. Really? Not, not Georgia. Boss. Wow. People are paying $200 to see an independent artist with a hot song on the radio. I'm, I'm not talking about a hot song. I'm talking about when you're brand, brand new. Brand, brand new, then nobody's paying like to see Club a Apache. brand, brand. They're paying, if they're paying, they're paying a cover charge after a certain time to get in. They're okay. not paying because of any of the acts. Got it. That's all after the fact. Got it. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't think there's purposely anybody that is waking up and like, tonight I'm going to go to the open mic. I'm going to go to, and shout out to Calvin at Paradise Lounge because they should be. But, you know, I think the majority of the people on open mic nights are, are, the independent artists themselves mm -hmm. and their core team. Their and core occasionally team. you have that one artist that may bring a draw with them mm -hmm. and you're going to see that react into the crowd. Yep. So that'll obviously be the one that the promoter is going to be like, hey, bro, you just brought 20 people that paid 10 bucks through the door. I'm willing to give you 500 next week. Can you work something out you know, for next month? Let's get a booking going right. on. And depending on you know how they work their moves that way. Not saying it always works like that, but in, in theory, that's how it would you would expect it to work, right? The one that gets the best crowd reaction right. is the one that the promoters that are in the crowd, Ferrari may be in there that night. Right. And he has access to three or four clubs a night, you know, a week, excuse me, in in, in the city. Right. That he can, you know, hey man. Come through. I'm going to go up here, I'm going to play your record. Now, if you want to be in the booth next to me and you want to grab the microphone, ain't nobody going to stop us because we're <laughs> in the booth. I'm not saying you're performing. I'm not saying you're going to get a flyer, none of that shit. But I'm saying... If you if it is what it is, we can we may be able to work a move like that, and it happens more often than not. Thanks. You know what I mean? Oh damn, I wasn't supposed to do that. Oh my man, was he just got drunk? My bad. You know, fuck it, we got it off. But hey, bar sales went up. We sold bottles, baby. Thanks. It only happens. It's only bad when the fucking club dies completely, and the bartender's looking at you like, "What the fuck, dude? Mm. What is this?" So be mindful. Fair All enough. right, <clears throat> you guys are ready. Uh huh. Born ready. 
Are lyrics overlooked in favor of a better melody when making a song? We were just talking about that. Right it's a production, yeah, it's a production-driven industry, so yes. <clears throat> I mean... People want to sing along. What do you think? Definitely uh, um, sing-along songs. J. Cole is a phenomenal <clears throat> artist, and J. Cole is super lyrical. Yes. And I think one of his biggest songs in the last year, he never dropped a video for. But it's still a gazillion fucking streams. So, you know, on a flip side, not somebody that you hear on the radio all of the time, mm -hmm. not somebody that is dropping videos all of the time, but somebody that has a fan base, his fan base grew with him, and his mm -hmm. fan base are spreaders of the word, of the gospel. They, you know, a J. Cole fan is going to make you listen to J. Cole when you get in the ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I go to all so, his concerts in Atlanta. I don't know. I guess it varies. Is is it more common for lyrical artists? Probably not. You know, there some of the guys that are considered are in high regard as pioneers of the game were more lyrical than they were commercial artists. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm sure some of these more lyrical guys, just like any athlete, though. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it's ear candy to me. I, I rather it's going to grab my attention first. A, a more mel melodic record. Then I'm gonna listen to the lyrics after I catch the melody. What do you feel about Kendrick's album? Was Kendrick's album too lyrical, or was it not? The production wasn't up to par. Kendrick is an acquired taste artist. I feel like it's a man with a Pulitzer Prize. He has a he has a point. It's to a man prove. with a Pulitzer Prize. I feel like he has a point to prove. Like his shit's like a book. It's like reading a book. But then you oh, can this album to definitely it. had an agenda. He was definitely yeah. talking about something on this album. He's all the way woke. But I feel like other artists may not have that agenda. They may say, let me put some radio hits on here. Let me put some uh, club hits on there. Let me put some strip club hits on there. Kendrick don't do that when he's in the studio. I think he just raps about what he feels and what's going on in the world. I think that's why he's different. Okay. I think that's also why he's loved. I mean, the people that like <clears throat> lyrics, and it doesn't escape me that I'm wearing a Razzcat shirt. He right harmonizes now, right? very well, right. by the way. Yes. He does have uh, yes. melodic uh, yes. vibes. But that is a he's not show. very much with Solo Nice, but very <laughs> much he's not a club artist. Like you're not going to go to a club and hear a Kendrick song for the most part, unless it's blended with something. Part, yeah. But you know, I, it's all, it all depends. I mean, fan. shit, bro. There ain't I'm, no. I play his shit. I'm sure you Lupe Fiasco right? has no yeah. short no shortage of bookings. And you're talking to another lyrical artist. You know what I mean? People that they want to hear his. His content as well as his presentation. But he and has his melodic delivery. stuff too. Like I'm, I may so I think maybe my. I don't know. Who, I don't. Who is lyrical that you think doesn't get enough respect, or who is who isn't as lyrical enough that should be? I mean, let's flip it around. Be be as specific. The question originated from somewhere. What motivated? What spurred the question? Yeah, I can't say J Cole because J Cole is extremely melodic. And lyrical. I think that I think the That's why I love the, the best medium is when you have both. I agree. And I think it's almost required now. Jay Z has think, both. Yeah. Like when you think about like for example, Lil Baby, if you actually listen to Lil Baby, he has a slight autotune and he's very melodic, but he's saying some shit. So I don't really think and Drake is strictly melodic with Okay, so the, is is lyrical more content than 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 actual wordplay? Man. I think lyrical would be somebody that you know. I think uh, it's skill and and what they're saying. Okay, because just rhyming words wouldn't. It's 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 wordplay, but it's not listenable. Like Benny right? the Butcher would be a very lyrical artist. Uh, that's not melodic. He's not really melodic at all. He just rap. 
He's okay. extremely lyrical. Guys, um, context. Okay, cool. No, I respect. But he that. doesn't has as much ear candy type records, which doesn't relay. I saw a topic uh, in New York that um, they were saying Funk Flex <coughs> should be playing the whole, you know, Benny the Butcher and a lot of the New York artists. And um, he also loves lyrics, though. He's like sway. There's certain DJs, especially like in New York, Flex the program that director? love. Flex is not the program director. No. So then, like, yeah, we have to hold. But he can some play of what he wants. I'm, I'm almost positive it's he in his contract. He can break what he wants yeah. too. Though. I'm almost yes. positive it's in his contract. But radio is not a forum to break records. Number one, we're making money. It costs money to turn this fucking antenna on. Agreed. Right. Right. So right. if if an artist isn't getting played in the city, is it because the radio isn't playing it? Because I'm sure the radio in New York may be playing a plethora of records that may not necessarily be Conway's or or Benny's. And I'm not saying I'm not justifying it by any stretch of the imagination. I definitely believe that these guys should be taking risks. Okay, as a DJ like Flex or, or, or a Sway or Greg Street or all of these guys that are cemented in their position. Agreed. I be, I believe to my core that they are required to take the risk to push the culture forward. Mm -hmm. Because understanding and appreciation that hip hop is not a genre, it's a lifestyle. And the whole premise of that lifestyle is taking it to the next level. It's emerging from nothing to something. And if as a tastemaker, you have a platform that you can use to catapult somebody to the next level. Now, within that lies all of those uh, micro pieces that have to operate. Is the song ready for radio? Is it mixed? Is it mastered? How long is the intro? We hate long intros unless it's an eight-bar intro ready for radio. Are there very are there variations of it? Is the does the song have any samples in it? Are we gonna put this song up and get it to number eighteen in the market and then fucking the stylistics uh, uh, living uh, grand grandson is gonna send a cease and desist because nobody bothered to tell him that there was a sample in it and then it gets snatched all the way. So all of those mm. things have to factor in and you expect somebody to make that decision on the fly? Fuck 20 years in the number one media market in the country. Yeah, facts. Fuck having a stranglehold on hip hop or New York radio in general. Fuck all of that. Play the record, bro. Let the rest work itself out. That doesn't work out for people, bro. And it, and it seldomly works out for the platforms that allow it. Hmm. It's about money, man, at the end of the day, bro. I think that there's times where people want lyrics. They want to They want to pay attention to what the artist is saying. And then there's times where you're, you're using music as either background noise or you want to shake your ass or you had a hard day and you, you want to unwind. I think it really depends on your mood whether the beat is leading the song or the lyrics are leading the song. Yeah, I, I agree. But I for me, like it's almost always the melody. I love, I love melodies, but I'm also a fan of lyrics. I love lyrics. Hmm. I think it's your market should dictate me. it. I think somebody that is born and raised in Louisiana can give a rat's ass about a lyrical artist from New York City. I think it, it all depends on their region. I think it's what they're brought up listening to. I think it's who everybody that is. So it's personal taste. It's a lot of personal taste, but it's also influenced by your environment. Correct? You. Because Do you find that you. East Coast music is a lot more lyrical than First of all, East Coast music Coast? Is, is, it will be considered the Southern? pioneers of this shit. So first okay. of all, everybody else was trying to keep up, surpass, or shit on New York. So now New York is salty because everybody that they shitted on from the beginning of this shit off Sedgwick Ave. 
is now shitting on them. You can't go to a club in New York and hear New York artists. I understand where Kanye's, Conway's coming from, excuse me. I understand where these artists' frustration stems from because you can't go into your market and hear hot records from your market. And that's because that radio station is not that platform anymore. No. The same way internet is not what it once was. The information superhighway, it's not that anymore. It's so much more sinister across the board that we have, we're still catching up to the old way things used to be. And it's already leaped frogged past that. Yes, it's a new world. So what, what artists like Conway and Benny the Butcher and J. Cole and whatever other lyrical artists that are, have dumb streams that do shows, that do tours, what these guys could influence collectively is demanding a segment on New York radio. Y'all don't want to play us in, in the mix? Give us two hours. Mm. Give us two hours of New York radio or we're going to boycott this bitch. Y'all quick to go boycott and stand up for everything else? Fuck it. We're going to stand in front of the radio station. If y'all feel that passionate about it, go take it and, and go make your voice be heard. And demand that New that. York Radio give you two hours a week. Not even, don't even start with two hours a night. Demand even if three they to give five it to you Sunday. If, if three to five a.m. That's fine. <laughs> that's a start. That's perfect because once you're leaving the club, once you're going into the studio, if you're making people tune in between three and five o'clock in the morning, if your ratings go nobody up. Nobody is win. listening. You're winning. Yes. You've now yes. influenced. Yes. And I think that that should be. That's what these platforms should be used for: is to motivate and assemble people of a like mind to achieve a common goal. Yeah, that's why I like Atlanta Radio. All right. Um, let's talk about songs that never legally come out because maybe a split agreement or some type of contract agreement didn't happen behind the scenes. So many big records did or not Or the song got see, sold out or whatever. Or the song got sold, the beat <laughs> got sold. Um, how difficult can that be for an artist or a producer? That maybe was banking on shit. Sometimes some of these young A and R's won't sign off on the fucking splits, and the song will never make it out because they don't know how much money they're getting. Everybody got to sign off on it. Mm. I think it happens all the time. I, I think that it's a subjective industry, meaning you have an A and R that may or may not like a song and doesn't want to put it out because they don't see the value in it. And there's been a lot of hits made because artists have leaked songs, right? Yep. At, at least my whole career. So I, I think that there's so many reasons why a song might not come out, but it happens all the time. Yes. If, if that's the question, it happens, no, it happens every, every day. Yeah, yeah. It, every day. But Today, we tend not to talk about the songs that don't come out. We tend right. to talk about the songs that come out. Right. I mean, you, Bob, B.O.B. Did, B. B. did a whole mixtape called The Unclearables. If you, ever, if, if you know B.O.B., Ask him to preview some of those songs. Mm. It's a mixtape that never released, never made it to the sun. If you can, I'm sure you can maybe find a couple snippets on mixtape tracks here or there. But it was fucking phenomenal. It was the unclearables. It was a whole bunch of shit that had clearances and you know samples out the ass and you know, couldn't get it done. There was just no way impossible. It would mm -hmm. be too much, be pointless to put the project out. I'm assuming, because mm -hmm. it never made it to the light of day. A lot of these, um, they had, I was watching an interview that Rob Markman did with uh, Lil' Kim, where they were talking about reference tracks and how Biggie had recorded some reference tracks for Little Kim, talking about you know playing with his pussy and all kinds of other shit, so she can get a feel for the track and you know just a a song that'll never come out, you know what I mean? Said so that he recorded it first and he sent that bitch off. You know, think of how many producers do reference tracks. A lot of these songs that you know a lot of your big producers, Neo, and a lot of these guys may do, they may already go in there and and, and <coughs> give you an idea of how the song is going to be, you know, or to be performed or or sold or whatever it is. So. 
a lot of those songs are never going to see the light of day. And you got a lot of songs that Chris Brown may have recorded 400 songs for this past album. Yeah, he As he should. He dropped like 20 songs on the album. So he, he may should. have recorded, you know, maybe 100, 150. There ain't no telling what the limit is. With the writer's camps, we talked about that in one of our episodes. With the writer's camps and the producer's camps and then everything else going on, he may have recorded two, 300 songs for this project, at which some of those may have been reserved for future projects. Some of those may be getting ready to leak in between albums or, you know, as gratification tracks individually right. or whatever, whatever the combination may be. There's, um, there's a clause for the producers out here that have leverage. There's a clause you can put in your contract. It's a kill fee. So if you're giving a beat to somebody and it doesn't come out, you still get paid anyway. Ooh. And this is probably a really good place to insert here and let you guys know that. Wow. That's what's up. Because a producer could just lose the track if a song never comes out. And it's a track they may have been able to sell to somebody else for 50 grand or 100 grand, but they can't because they did the paperwork with the label. So if it doesn't come out, it just sits somewhere in a vault and never comes out. It's a waste of a track. Somebody's hard drive. And it's called a kill fee? It's called a kill fee. I know a producer right now in Atlanta that is sitting on an entire mixtape by Kevin Durant. Damn. 12 songs. Been sitting on it for about two years, maybe three. Produced by him too. Real big producer. Kind of short guy, but real big. Hmm. Whole fucking mixtape. Talk about shit that'll never drop. Mm. Never wow. coming out records. Okay. All right. I haven't heard it. Maybe it shouldn't come out. Some of it, the production was A1. You know what I mean? But some of it wasn't bad. Some of it was really, it was, I when I heard I, it, I was like, what the fuck I, is that, bro? That's Kevin right. Durant. I was like, what? <laughs> he dropped the whole mixtape. Didn't drop a mixtape. He recorded the mixtape. He recorded the mixtapes. Right. Never recorded a whole wow. mixtape. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about how long time um, affects our career and how, like, we were talking off uh, off camera about you know the prestige of putting in the time to become who we are. Like those grades didn't come from uh, you just showing up to work. It came from you being in putting it for the a long in. time, putting in that time. A lot of this is just time in. Agreed. You know, I think this is one of those industries where there's so many people that want to be in it. They jump into it and they don't last very long. So I know when I started, people expected me not to last. Probably when you started, people expected you not to last, right? So it's kind of a wait and see. So the first like two to three years that you're doing this, you're proving that you're going to stay. And then once you've proven that you're going to stay, you have to prove that you're really great at whatever you do. You got to kind of pick one thing and be good at it. We're, we're an industry where it's a low barrier to entry. So people come in, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm a producer, I'm a videographer, and I'm a street team person. Like I do it all. And, and a publicist. No, right. no. Be really great and invaluable at, or valuable at one thing. Yeah, for me, the, f the first couple years was trying to do everything. I, I, I never wanted to wait on anybody. So the process of it was a lot of failure in the first, you know, three to four years, like not knowing what to do. Is this how it should be done? Is this what it needs to be done? And then after that, after that comes the, the moment of, well, damn, everybody is now recognizing me. Now you done proved that you're not going to quit, right? So now everybody's giving you awards. And then you're realizing that the only reason they're giving you awards is because they expect you to work for free. And at the end of the fucking rainbow is this fucking soccer mom trophy they give you, which are, you know, <laughs> number one. And they don't even have your it's fucking so name real. on it. This is the truth. 
And then comes the realization that, hey, I, I'm, I, I'm not doing this shit for applause. Like I'm really having to sacrifice because when I first got into this, I was doing it for the passion. I didn't try to make no money off of this. I didn't know how to make money off of this. I was still working a job. And then when I realized that this is everything I wanted to do, fuck that job and fuck everybody who thinks that I can't do what it is that I want to do. This is my passion. And now, see, I'm getting my awards. You see, you guys, I'm getting recognized. This is really what I want to do. And at that moment, there comes you come to a, a road in the music industry. And it's the road of you're either going to continue to suffer until you climb to success or you're going to suffer until you quit. Because when you walk through this one, that's the exploitation route. Oh, come over here and I want you to come sit over here and do all this shit for me. I'm put you in my magazine. You're going to get all this shit by fucking with me. Over here, it's a lot of, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that my business is handled so that if it's me or my clients can reap the benefits from it? Because there's two different results on both of these paths. Mm-hmm. The yells and the screams and the boos and the lights and the flashes are almost identical. But the journey and the results are very fucking different, bro. So understanding that for me, damn, I wasted a lot of time fucking around. And then trying to do it right and then coming to a point where I had to sit down and look at it and be like, damn, I wasted a lot of time fucking around and then all the time that I invested focusing, the people that I was focusing on were incompetent at the highest fucking level or were underachieving at the highest fucking level or worse, were stonewalling. They were blocking yeah, because they felt that what I could do would overshadow what they could do instead of understanding that you know we can grow together. So for me personally, it's always been that thin line where I have to walk, that I have to, I have to show somebody, I have to prove my loyalty to somebody every day. My clients, I have to tap dance for them every day. My coworkers, my, my business partners, I have to tap dance for them every day because this is an unloyal business. Mm-hmm. And people will snake you that you've known for 40 fucking years. And people will fuck you because there's no consequence in this business. Bigger Ranka says it all the time. You can owe somebody a million dollars in the music industry and you'll sit in the same room with them and clap and go upstairs and get an award and wave at them. And fuck you, bitch. Get it how you live. Yeah, not me. You know that. <laughs> we, don't have people, we don't have people publicly apologize on... Anyways, but uh, <clears throat> go ahead. there's no consequence for the vast majority of, of the um, exploitation of services and usage of people. Mm. It's like fucking trafficking, like, like human trafficking in this industry, bro. You want to intern because you don't want somebody that's going to learn what it is that you want to teach them. You want to intern because you don't want to pay a bitch to do the job that you know takes to get done, but you don't want to fucking do it. So you disguise slave and do boy and bitch as intern or staff or whatever the fuck other title you want to give them. Pardon the French jar, just bleed it out. But it's the truth. Wake up in this business. If you're going to be an artist, wake up and understand that nobody cares about your business but you. If you're going to be a service provider, then wake up and understand that everything that you've learned changes every single day and if you're not willing to learn why it's changing then you're part of the problem let me interrupt you and say um media is so fucked up i tend we tend to talk about rappers and artists but i'm in media and you guys are in media now too because we're doing this um you do a lot of shit for free you don't make no money for a very long time i i tell a quick story and i keep it tight uh, the owner of Streets 945 had to cut me a check for $1,500 when he hired me because I couldn't pay my rent. That was my signing bonus because I worked for him for free for two years. And um, when he fired, when he finally hired me, I was like, hey, man, I can't pay my rent. I need something. 
And Steve Hagel cut me a check for fifteen hundred dollars. Shout out Steve. Because he was like, yo, you put in the work. I interned and I worked for him for free for two years. But I learned in that two years, I learned how to do everything at the radio station. I can do DJ. I, at the time, I could do DJ Holiday Show. I could do the morning show. I could do the midday show. I knew how to cut a commercial. Um, and I went out and did remotes. I did whatever it was for free. I broadcast live from high school football games. I broadcast live from high school basketball games. I took pictures. I, I helped set up the equipment. I did everything for free for two years. And then I wasn't getting paid a lot in the clubs. Working part-time as a media personality, you don't get no money, dog. Your paycheck is like $20. Matter of fact, I owe child support, so my paycheck said this is not a paycheck. I still have it in my safe because I keep wow. it as motivation. My paycheck said this is not a paycheck. <laughs> and it went straight to child support to a point where I actually had to get a part-time job at Finish Line in Alpharetta. I kind of stayed far so people wouldn't see me. Because I was like, damn, you know, I don't want nobody to say that's Ferrari Simmons. Damn right. shit. So I had to work really far out and drive 35 minutes to go to work. Right. Because I had to get some type of form of money, do right. clubs at night, get up, do my day job, but then also go to the radio station. That's real. But, I, you know, and, and on the flip side of that, it's words and how we use them affect how, how people interpret things. So uh, if I can correct you, you didn't do shit for free. You invested. No, right. I mean, I wasn't right. getting paid. No, I wasn't on staff, but, but the payment whatever. was learning, motherfucker. Facts. If you'd have had to go to school to learn that shit, you'd have had to pay them and go there and do for free. Not facts, and set agreed. Up programs. You didn't Full sale. do shit for free. You invested. You had a plan. Facts. Now the people that were around you that started right there with you or were there before you and didn't get to the point of where you're at now, those are the ones Which who did a lot it for of free. People. It was a lot of people. because they didn't. Why there was no goal to them. It was just they were just donating their time. Mm-hmm. You were you were you were reaping the benefits. You were soaking up. You were you mm-hmm. were. Trust me, bro. That wasn't for free. No, free fact, fact, is fact. is driving and getting up in the morning time and going to your kids' fucking uh, school to go talk at you know the elementary school because about radio and all that. That's free. That's what you do on your free time, bro. You gave that for the betterment of everybody else. What you did with that radio station to get in the position you are now is the payment that it took to be successful. That was what you paid to get in the position that you are now. Driving the Alpharetta, the clubs, four or five days a week. Hey, man, swallowing your pride. Seven I don't days. got no money, man. I want to come work for you, but I got to figure out how survival or success. You yeah. couldn't focus on one or the other. Facts. Before you can go to the radio station and do your job, I need to survive. Can we pay my rent first? You pay my rent for 30 days, I'm worried about the radio station. <laughs> okay, until I pay my rent, I'm not worried about the radio station. So understand, you can have me here, but here I won't be. Mm. So- that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Cheat code. Investments. Cheat code. 